members of the NDP believe that parents are stupid and children should be totally responsible for the decisions they make. Parental rights and authority, according to them, are mere fiction. That's what the commies say. They also believe that anyone who speaks against their green agenda gods should pay lots of money and go to jail for it. This is a kind of woke cognitive dissonance that makes your head spin, where they live in a fantasy land and believe that anyone who lives in reality should be forced to accept their make-believe world. Isaiah chapter 5, verses 20 to 21 and 24 says this, quote, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Therefore, as the tongue of fire devours the stubble, and as dry grass sinks down in the flame, so their root will be as rottenness, and their blossom go up like dust. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts, and have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. It's February 15th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo, that's Matt Halleck, and this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. As always, we are so very thankful that you have joined us yet again on the program, as always. Our program is produced in partnership between Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to legally defend those who stand there for. Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. We would ask kindly, if you do appreciate what we're doing, consider going over to libertycoalitioncanada.com, scan that helpful QR code right at the bottom of the page, slash donate, libertycoalitioncanada.com, slash donate. Check it out over there. If you would, uh, keep help funding our media that we're doing so we can continue to bring at you news and analysis from a Canadian Christian perspective that you frankly don't get anywhere else. You don't get it at True North. You don't get it at Rebel. We are bringing a unique perspective to the issues in our country. So we would appreciate if you go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate that you would click on the analysis show box and you can leave a tax refundable donation over there and you can do it if you are a bitcoiner you can do it anonymously through a bitcoin donation thanks to our friends over at bull bitcoin they are the best and we do love them so we would ask that you consider doing that um also, we are resident on the FightLaughFeastNetwork.com. Uh, so FLFNetwork.com, Fight, Laugh, Feast. You can get it from the pub. Uh, if you search pub TV in your Google uh, Play or Apple App Store, you can find the app there and get us on demand as well as a bunch of other wonderful uh, programs, which we would highly suggest you go check out Andrew. Here we are, another program, another another week before us, uh, and we have another mailbag question. Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. What do you have for us today? Yes, yeah, so this one's a little bit of a calendar specific one. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I don't know what everyone's thoughts on Valentine's <laughs> Day are personally, 
one of the things that made my wife and I fall in love with each other quickly was we share an equal uh, equal disdain for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I think very quickly we found anything the commercialization the commercialization of love and the what I would like to call the romantic day of atonement <laughs> right you could be a, you could be a crappy husband all year ironically as long as you offer as long as you offer a right sacrifice on valentine's day all of your <laughs> poor husbandness is forgotten yeah <laughs> and you start fresh again on february 15th so my wife and i both despise the romantic day of atonement and the commercialization <laughs> but iron ironically but a- andrew ironically the day brought you together so I I think there's a sweet well, it irony. Did bring in us, there. It, just, it just deepened our love, <laughs> yeah. our mutual hatred yeah, for yeah. the love. <laughs> so so uh, so I don't want I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Maybe you love Valentine's Day, and that's fine. Your sanctification, it's still a process. So um, <laughs> tell uh, us uh, tell us about your what did you do for Valentine's Day? Um, did you do nothing? Did you did you kind of sit at home and eat cereal and listen to emo music, <laughs> or did you have uh, you just let us know your thoughts on Valentine's Day. What you did? Let's keep it. Let's keep it G-rated as well. Some people are like, "Let me tell you what I did." <laughs> oh yeah, just, no, yeah, thank just, you. you know, <laughs> yeah, none of that. That's not how we roll here. But uh, anyways, uh, give us your thoughts on Valentine's Day, especially if you share my thoughts. Then that's great because you're right. <laughs> so, what if there was a way to trade your resources and skills for whatever things you need and want without using money? That's exactly what you have with Barterit, a web app where anyone can connect person to person and barter with each other. You don't have to keep track of who owes what, and you won't get the headaches that come with straight one-on-one bartering. Just create your profile on the Barterit web app, offer up your skills or products to earn bits in your private wallet, and use your bits with anyone else in the Barterit community. $1 Canadian is equal to one bit for valuation purposes. So you can head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter, and you're going to click on barter it for individuals. That's going to be on the left-hand side to learn more and sign up today, become a VIP. You get $1,500 worth of perks and bonuses, including 1,000 bits for only $197. Join the community. I want to thoroughly encourage you to get connected with what's happening with barter it. I actually had a couple conversations with guys at the Call to Build conference in Peterborough raising concerns. What do we do about fiat currency? What do we do about central bank digital currency? What do we do if we don't have access to our money? What about the increase of prices? What about food supply? Barter it is a solution to that problem. I actually had a personal experience with bartering in the church that I think barter it exemplifies how it could be good. So just the other day, there's a, there's a family from our church where the, uh, the the woman does photos. So we had twins not that long ago. So we wanted to do a nice twin family shoot. Update our shots too. The last time we had family photos was pre-COVID before the world fell apart. So that it's time for an update. <laughs> do you have a lot more gray so in your we hair? We did that. A lot, all guy. I should, we should, next episode, we should show a picture. It's a black and white photo of the five of us. And it's zoomed in on my gigantic melon, and it looks the hair looks fairly dark. And we should do a side by side just four <laughs> years later to see the overwhelming gray. But aside from that, her husband is a musician and was looking for acoustic panels for recording. And I happen to have several acoustic panels there you that are. I've been looking to sell. So there you go. So we did a trade. We did a trade. <laughs> we did acoustic panels 
for the photo shoot. Now you might think, oh, that's whatever, Andrew, that's nice. But that's exactly how barter it works. So let's assume you happen to be in the business of constructing acoustic panels and you offer that up into the, to the community. This is what I have to offer. And then you get, you get your bits and then you go and you say, oh, someone around me happens to do wedding photos. So it's exactly, it's like, a, it's, it's not just some pie in the sky thing. Barter, it offers a practical real life way to trade in your skills, your, your services, your resources without using money. Anyways, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. Get on it today. But we need to move on. We have we gotta quite, get to quite the, the news. news. <laughs> Two big news stories that we need to cover. And these news stories will continue to highlight why something like barter it is important. So the NDP party in Canada represent the farthest left political position that's mainstream, right? Like a, there's a Communist Party of Ontario that ran in the provincial election. No one takes them seriously. But in terms of mainstream political parties, the NDP is as far left as you can go. Now, they're essentially a socialist party. They're a part of the cult of transianity, the climate cult, and they subscribe to all manner of cultural Marxism. Now, in Canada today, and this is the point that's going to drive this episode, the NDP no longer represent the extreme progressive left, right? The NDP isn't the way, way out there on the left wing. The NDP essentially is a picture of where the spirit of the age wants to take Canada, right? The future of the Overton window, where will the cultural window be? Where will the Overton window be in five years? Look at the NDP. So that's where things are going. That's where ghouls want to take our country in the next three to five years. So in light of that, when the NDP say and do something, Though it isn't an immediate concern, they might say some stuff and you say, that's not going to happen. No, it may not happen this week. It may not happen this year, but that's where things are moving in the next three to five years. I don't think the NDP has always been that way, but that's what they represent now. They represent the near future of Canada. That's almost certainly where we're going to be headed, where they push it. Now, why does this matter for us? Well, this past week, two NDP members said and proposed some rather godless and I would say concerning and alarming things. We want to show you what they did and what they said and where it is that they plan on taking our country very soon. That's the whole point of our episode today. So first, here we have NDP MP Randall Garrison on the idea of parental rights. Do you view this as a parental rights issue at all? Well, I'd like to say, first of all, there's no such thing as parental rights. In Canada, there are parental responsibilities. And in Canadian family law, the primary responsibility of parents is to support and affirm their kids. Children have rights in Canada, and these kind of policies restrict the rights that children have in Canada. Nonsense. So this is where they want to take the conversation, okay? They want Nonsense. to take the conversation in the direction that says there's no such thing as parental rights. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe you've been sleeping. Maybe you haven't been fully awake in the last last little bit. But that play has actually been gathering some steam just in the last six months. Mm -hmm. So this play of there's no such thing as parental rights, it's the rights of the children, actually started really gaining some, some steam in the mainstream around the million-person march. And once Muslims started coming out against the trans madness all of a sudden you saw a pivot in the messaging. So I'm going to show that to you. I'm going to show you the steady creep into what, again, will be a 
will be the position of Canadian culture, at least from the elites, more broadly very soon. So this is an article from the Toronto Star from August 2023. It was just six months ago. And this is what it's titled, quote, As two provinces limit pronoun changes in schools, what actually are parents and kids' rights? Close quote. This is from the article, quote, Discussions about the role school should play in teaching about sexual and gender diversity, or even just recognizing a child's gender identity, are often framed around the concept of parental rights. The discussion often ignores that children have rights too, said Jen Gilbert, a professor in the Faculty of Education at York University, who researches LGBTQ issues in schools. So, like, she's a, she's a radical rainbow Marxist. That's who she is. Here's what she says, still in the article. We're so often talking about parents' rights and not talking about parents' responsibilities. By the way, I can just imagine some shrieking purple-haired Karen delivering that. We're so often talking about parents' rights and not talking about parents' responsibilities. That's how I imagine she sounds, or at least that's what the soul of her sounds like. Anyways, she added that the discussion of parental rights, as framed by religious conservatives, ignores the rights of gay and trans parents. So there it is. Okay, that's the, if you're about parental rights, you're a religious conservative. You're an alt-right, Christo-fascist, Christian nationalist, if you're about parental rights. Some parents have argued that their religious freedom, guaranteed in the charter, is being violated by schools who teach anything about LGBTQ rights or tolerance because it conflicts with their religious values. But while courts have said parents have the right to pass down their religious beliefs to their children, the Supreme Court of Canada rejected Quebec parents' efforts to exempt their children from school teachings about ethics and faith. Close quote. Toronto Star, six months ago, getting us ready with some jamming. And Andrew, I I have to jump in because people have to understand Randall Garrison is a radical communist LGBT activist disguised as an MP from British Columbia, the left of the left coast in Canada, Uh, right? The NDPs coming out of federally coming out of uh, BC are some of the most radical left-wing communists in our country. Randall Garrison is a sodomite from BC who obviously has an axe to grind in this. And he's obviously too much of an idiot to understand the history of rights and responsibilities and how they're two different sides of the same coin. And they always have been in, in basically British common law. I mean, I mean, talk about rights and responsibilities and civic matters, you know, goes back millennia. So to try and divorce the true two and say that parents do not have rights in Canada, they merely have responsibilities is to fundamentally create a revolution in Canadian law that would turn parents into uh, state slaves who are given the responsibility to raise children according to the state's best wishes. That is also, the it, it also implication does, it of what he's saying. Parents and children on on an equal on an equal plane, and this is what they're trying to do because mm-hmm. they're, they're rejecting the God ordained order and structure 
which is that parents have authority over their children, specifically the, the, the father who's the head of the household, and that mm-hmm. parents have a duty to govern their children through preventative justice, which the state doesn't do. The state does punitive justice, but, mm-hmm. but parents have been given a unique role to practice preventative justice, which is no, even though it's not a matter of right and wrong, you can't go out. And mm. the reason is because I'm caring for you. So they're stripping that away from parents and saying, actually, parents and kids, mm-hmm. they have equal say in what happens to the kids. And, and so they are, it's a revolution, but it is a biblical covenantal revolution. They're mm. upending oh, God's sure. order in the family, for, which if, obviously is going to be, is going to lead to nothing but chaos. Yes, for sure. And it must be said, like, Randall Garrison is lying when he says that. Like he is deliberately lying. So he this is and this is quite often what leftist activists do. They assert something that isn't true that they want to be true and then they just pretend that it is true. It is not true that parents do not have rights in Canada. Anyways, continuing on to look at this political play, this creep away from the legitimacy of parental rights in Canada. One month uh, later, uh, we have this article from the CBC entitled, quote, where did the term parental rights come from? Here we find these words. So let's check this out. The term parental rights, while by no means new, because right that they're trying to make this a novel far right play um so that's what they're they're trying to highlight that has reemerged right so it is novel it might but not be new but it is novel still um during recent conflicts over sexual orientation and gender identity policies in canadian schools when some parents and socially conservative groups protested lgbtq inclusive education school policies on Wednesday across Canada. Many did so under the banner of parental rights, scrawling the words on signs and invoking them in speeches. Those who are critical of the term say it's a misnomer that excludes LGBTQ parents and uh, or parents of LGBTQ children and implies that parental rights take precedence over children's rights. The parental rights movement is highly active in the U.S. where hundreds of pieces of, like, look at this intrepid reporting. of This is from the article. Of anti-transgendered legislation limiting discussions of sexual identity and gender orientation in schools have been uh, passed or introduced this year alone and where the term has long a long history canada's parental rights movement shares some dna with that of the u.s according to christopher wells a canada research chair at McEwen university in edmonton so, so do you see the framing there yeah if you're paying it if you're paying attention yeah. to the framing there Far right exactly conservative what did. American. Not just cons- that's that's the deal right mm-hmm. there. It, Trudeau did this as well when he was sitting down at the table with with Muslims talking about why they can't speak out against transianity. He was saying many many Christians have adopted far right American <laughs> right. Even yeah. even if you if you're on if you've been on X lately, you'll see that they're trying to create this. Polyev is the Trump of the North. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's the play here. The play here is, again, it's subtle. It's subtle because because they, it needs to be subtle now before it's overt. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is this is not a Canadian value. Yes. Anti-trans is not a Canadian value. It's not what it means to be Canadian, which means we can we can throttle your media if it's not Canadian. We can we can punish you if it's not. So that's the play. Mm-hmm. The play here is that being Canadian means and it, not it, being it, radical. It also it also plays on uh, <laughs> the weird identity insecurities that Canadians have, right? Like there's a mm-hmm. wide swath of people in Canada that this is a thought terminating cliche, right? Something that you mentioned it's American is like, oh my, no, 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 we can't get yeah. brains explode. They vomit. Not like them. It's they they basically have the reaction that normal people yeah. have when Justin Trudeau speaks. Not right? like those Americans. They're about <laughs> yeah. freedom and our. People in New York City are far more hospitable and kind than people in Toronto. And police officers let you take pictures with them, unlike in Toronto. And bus drivers look you in the eyes, unlike in Toronto. And people look at you in the eyes and hold the door or door open for you and say thank you, unlike Toronto and I'm sure many other big cities. But not like those Americans. Sorry if I'm dumping all over Toronto, but Toronto's the worst. Like, if you live mm. in Toronto, leave. <laughs> Get out. For the sake of your kids and for the sake of your soul, leave Toronto Anyways, that's just that's free. I, that's a free bit there. We won't charge you for that. That's just some free counseling advice. Get out of Toronto. Anyway, sorry to yeah. interrupt, Matt. I just anyway, we so, need to see that American connection there. Oh, it's it's super important. That that is the political spin. That is the play that's being run on us. And apparently, there's enough Canadians who still recoil at the thought of anything being remotely American, which is ironic because it must be noted that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Mr. MP Randall Garrison is actually from Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. He lived there for 20 years before he came to school in Canada. So it's a, a little ironic that that's when, the play. <laughs> when you have when you have crazy lefties in the states who are saying they're going to come to Canada if Trump becomes president, <laughs> if if these if these insane progressives feel more comfortable in Canada than in the United States, that lets you let you right yeah. there you know you know which country is more is more the left anyways no absolutely so anyways the article if you go check it out we will have links in the description below um it also has an interview attached to it uh with a parent of a so-called transgendered child you just see who the media has on to talk about this and then it just gives Mm -hmm. away like right it gives away their bias they're they're not having critics (laughs) uh, who are articulate about this on their shows to rebut anyways we wanted to play you a portion of the interview because i think it is um it is telling so let's watch that I want to know from you, how how do you view the struggle over the rights of the parent to be involved in a child's sexual education and gender identity and the obligation then, as we've heard, of schools to provide an inclusive, safe space for students? Right. I mean, I think a lot of people try to frame this as parental rights. That's uh, a phrase that's been around for decades. Uh, Whenever a parent uh, has something they don't like at a public school, (laughs) they say, well, I have parental rights and I get to veto over what my child uh, finds out at public school. And and those cases are as old as the hills. And this is just another one. So this is nothing new. Uh, Anytime that uh, a public school curriculum 
decides that they're going to talk about something that a parent might not be comfortable with, uh, you know, there's a pushback. And I think we're seeing a pushback now for the first time, just where this is the first time in my lifetime that, you know, trans people have been normalized, uh, not just adults, but children, uh, where they've been at school and told, it's okay to be trans. If, if you feel this way, there's nothing wrong with you. It's completely normal. Uh, and there's people out there who don't like that. And I get that. And there's a lot of people who don't understand. This is they've never met a trans person or they don't think they have. Uh, or a gender diverse or a person who uses different pronouns. And they hear all this scary stuff on the internet. And they say, oh no, the kids are in trouble. Um, the kids are fine. And in the cases of schools, I mean, in New Brunswick, we were talking about using a chosen name and correct pronouns. Uh, for kids under 16 who uh, say they don't have the support of a parent or they're pretty sure they don't have support of a parent. So uh, they're not getting a, a sign off to use that chosen name and, and their, their correct pronouns at school. So uh, kids know when their parents are, are safe or not. And it's, uh, it's something that we need to leave up to the kids. The kids will choose when they come out to friends, family, and other loved ones. Uh, and we need to let them lead the way. So there you have it. We need to let them lead the way, Andrew. That three, I, is... I got three, three very quick things. Number one, mm -hmm. if ever there were great advertising to get your kids out of state-funded schools, it was that. <laughs> yeah. Because you basically said... We're going to indoctrinate your kids. You got to deal with it. So mm -hmm. get them out of get them out of the government schools. Number two, he said, "Well, the problem the re the problem is you just never met a trans person. You don't understand trans people because now they're accepted. Why why haven't we seen this pushback before? Because five years ago it was not mainstream mm -hmm. accepted to cut off boys' penises, chemically castrate them, and perform double mastectomies on fourteen year old girls. Yeah. So that's why we're pushing back." Because you're mutilating children, not because we've never met a trans person. And, That's and, ridiculous. And the implications of what you're trying to do are now bearing yeah. on people's everyday lives. Mm -hmm. Like, you're pushing this yeah. ideology. Ideas have consequences. The consequences, you've created a mass hysteria um, that is, you know, preying upon the, the weak minds of young children, impressionable mm -hmm. children. You now have this social contagion that's leading children to perform irreversible uh, surgeries yeah. on them that have uh, lifetimes of drastic uh, effect and outcome that they're not even prepared for. So it's right. just honestly, it's he's he's trying and to that, that last make this bit. as a benign or like as a thoughtless he's trying to frame this as a thoughtless reaction yeah. to something new being put in the curriculum but no real realistically uh it is a, a legitimate reaction to a threat upon the lives of children who are in these schools and being um, indoctrinated day by day by these radical marxist teachers and these leftist ideologues and not just a threat on the children, a threat on the parents. And this is the third part of that little interview that's the most concerning part mm -hmm. is the equivalency between parents not accepting, not signing off on their child's pronoun and safety. If you caught mm -hmm. that last bit there, 
if you have, because some parents won't sign off on their kids' pronoun change. Some parents will not accept their kids' gender mm-hmm. identity, comma, children know when their parents are safe. So what he's trying to say is that if parents don't say, yes, Timmy, you're a girl and now we're going to call you Tanya, mm-hmm. let's give you puberty blockers and cut off your testicles. That if a parent doesn't say that, they're unsafe. Yes. So what would be the significance of that? Because this is where CAS comes in and removes the children in an yes. unsafe environment, which again yeah. itself is more free advertising. Get your yes. kids out of state public schools. Yeah. That's a very concerning well, little well, bit. And th- that brings us back to to what uh, Randall said, right? He he made a de- – not only did he lie about the actual state, and we'll show you that, uh, the state of parental rights and legislation in Canada, um, but he, he also said he made a definitive declaration at the end of that little clip that we played, and he said this. He said, the number one responsibility of parents is affirming – their children. That's not true. And we mm-hmm. also have to understand that loving and affirming in this progressive worldview isn't has an equal sign attached to it. So if you do not affirm your children's delusions, you therefore are not loving, you therefore are not safe. Emotionally unsafe place to be. Exactly. And that's the play because now they're going to make it as though by not affirming your children, you are not a safe place. You're committing, well, what was the term that was placed on that father in BC? You're committing family violence by not going along with the pronouns, right? That's legitimately a case that's happened in Canada. Where he's been censured, he's been uh, all his parental rights have been taken away. This play has happened in Canada, and now they're trying to. Maybe it happens in the most radical of the left wing states in British Columbia, but now they're trying to nationalize that type of thing. So you need to see this as the threat that it, it truly is, and we have to understand this is par for the course for communists, right? There was a hue and cry about Black Lives Matter also a communist race Marxist organization when on their website, it caught people by surprise. Oh, we thought this was a George Floyd response to like racism. Why does it say that they want to destroy the nuclear family? Because they're trained Marxists in the words of their founder, right? Uh, Denise Coolers, they are trained Marxists. And what did Marx say about the, the nuclear family? If you wanted to, he hated God. And he said, if you want to destroy the heavenly family, meaning the Trinity, the triune God, you must first destroy the nuclear family. How do you destroy the nuclear family? By cutting, by severing its tie, by basically making all children not uh, under the purview and the responsibility and the sphere of the family, but under the sphere and the responsibility of the states, therefore basically churning uh, parents into, like I've said, slaves of the state who are given a responsibility to raise these children, not according to their beliefs, but according to the dictates of the state. That's the serious implications of this play that's being played. Nevertheless, we have to respond to the CBC because in that article, where did uh, parental rights term come from in the Toronto Star 
they don't seem to do very inve good investigative journal journalism, Andrew, because they don't actually seem to answer that question um, in any depth at all. And it only takes like a quick Google search to find out that what um, what the MP from BC said, Randall Garrison, is a total crock of a BS and how this transparent so-called uh, frame this issue is is total bunkum as well. It turns out parents do have rights in in Canada and obviously as I've said before rights and responsibilities are the same different sides of the same coin. They always ha they have an inseparable relationship and that's something that we've always understood in, in Canadian law. So again while the term parental rights is not found in the charter specifically, the Government of Canada website has this to say regarding Section 2 on the freedom of religion, and it actually doesn't make anything that much better at all. But I, I think it's important for us to, to know that parental rights language is endemic it's it's in canadian culture parents have the right to rear their children according to their religious beliefs including choosing religious education and choosing medical and other treatments um and this is where the website qualifies it however such activities can and must be restricted when they are against the child's best interest so that's a caveat that they've actually placed on the website that is not really um, necessarily dictated in law anymore. Furthermore, the exercise of discretionary powers in custody application that are based solely on the best interests of the child can prevent the imposition of religious views on non-custodial parents on the child. With respect to education, while parents have the right to pass their religious beliefs to their children, quote, the early exposure of children to realities that differ from those in their immediate family environment is a fact of life in society. The suggestion that exposing children to a variety of religious facts in itself infringes their religious freedom or that uh, of their parents amounts to a rejection of the multi cultural reality of Canada, uh, Canadian society and ignores the government's obligations with regard to public education. So Andrew, that there is concerning aspects of that, but this is also the government's spin on what is also in law in Canada, right? Because this comes from the, so they, they're acknowledging the actual legal state, the actual state of the, the fact, which is Parents in Canada have the right to rear their children according to their religious beliefs, including choosing religious education and medical and other treatments, okay, which directly applies to the situation. Full stop. Mm -hmm. Can Canadian parents have that right, okay? Now, they're trying to frame it in a way that would curtail those rights that would they're placing a cudgel over the hair of head of parents that are saying, well, don't be too, you know zealous for your rights and because basically doing what they do with the charter which exactly. is to say you have these rights and we recognize that however if we determine that the suspension of these rights is in the best interest of others in a free and democratic society then we can suspend your rights now we know that those rights have been given ultimately by god mm -hmm. and the state does not have the authority to step in unless the parents are breaking god's law then the state is required to step in 
Yeah. So that's that we understand that's how God's made the world to work. But what our our federal government is saying is, yeah, parents have rights. But if we think that it's in the best interest of the child and the more broader Canadian culture and society, we can suspend your rights. Again, mm. more reason why you should get your kids out yeah. of state funded schools. But his, <laughs> right? like, historically, another reason to get them get the out of the eyes of the state. Well, historically, this this really, really does matter. It really matters because we live in a common law tradition. It really, really matters that historically in British common law, the children were essentially, legally speaking, under the purview of the father. And essentially, uh, maybe this is a crass way to put it, but the property of the father. The, the 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 father had the right right to well the stewardship the father yes. the father is required to steward their children as gifts that have been given by God mm -hmm. and it is the it is the, it is the responsibility of parents to steward their children mm -hmm. not the state so it's a yes. stewardship issue yes exactly and this has been recognized in even pagan states you know to to a greater extent in in unbiblical ways you think of the roman household how fathers even had the um the right to uh, according to Greco-Roman law, to actually execute, like execute discipline to the point of uh, bearing the sword and and killing their children if they were disobedient, right? Um, it, it, but the point is that through. By the way, don't don't clip that out. Don't clip that out and use that as a way of saying <laughs> that we are pushing a hardcore no. theocratic Christian nationalism. No, no, so no, no, no. I, I, I think don't, that's unbiblical. That yeah, yeah, that's unbiblical and bad. That's actually getting sphere sovereignty wrong, right? The the state has the 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 sword power, not the family. The family has the the rod, the 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 staff of of direction and discipline. That's that's what the 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 family has. Don't get me wrong there, but the the fact of the matter is, you know, we have millennia of law tradition in the Western world that recognizes that children are under the purview of their parents, and their parents have broad sweeping rights over them because of the depth and the breadth of the responsibilities that those parents have at rearing their children. Um, even in Canadian law now, we have to understand that that parents have broad rights that pertains to the responsibilities that they've been given to protect and maintain their children. Mm -hmm. And that still, although it's being fought against, includes disciplining them. But that is a, a modern fight, right? It, that was assumed in Canadian this is why law. We don't like, this is why we're not a big fan of the charter, right? I think well, we can we can say we can say that what everything you're pointing to mm -hmm. is a historical, biblical, biblically based understanding of laws, rights, and responsibilities, mm -hmm. which Canada at one point had enshrined in law. Well, yes. And this is one of the reasons why we're not the biggest fans of the charter, but, because but, the, the, the fundamentally the charter says, yeah, you have all those rights. But but Andrew, you do. even even but the, if we think it's not safe, we can take the kid out. Well, and that's the problem with just how uh, you know how the charter frames rights in in the first place. Exactly. That that's that's an issue. But even in the Children Act in 1989 gave parents the er, recognized parents broad sweeping rights. So this is still, I mean, that's 
pretty modern. That's at, that's mm. post charter we're talking about. Um, parents have always in Canadian history, it's been presupposed that they have broad sweeping rights over their children. In fact, it, 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 I mean, I wish the these the Star and CBC did some research, some actual research in these subjects, because what you'll actually see is children rights, so-called, don't exist in law until the early uh uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the second decade of the 20th century. And that's only after we see some child labor laws and everything like that. Um, and they're not really enshrined into law until the mid 20th century. So uh, we're talking about uh, literally parental broad sweeping parental rights and authorities and responsibilities being presupposed in C Canadian history. So our country's founded on that assumption and that the novelty of children's rights is now taking over and supplanting the parental rights in our nation. But, but that's exactly what we saw during COVID because the, the, oh, yeah, the, for the, sure. the criminal, the criminal, the criminal code states, you cannot interrupt a religious service nor can you prevent a minister from from attending and traveling to in order to perform his duties at a religious service that's in the criminal code mm -hmm. and there's been a long standing tradition in Canada of the appropriate distinction between the authority of the state and the authority of the church as Absolutely. sovereign land mm -hmm. but but again so it same thing with parental rights even though we have these long standing traditions and understandings and even things in place by way of legal protection and legislation even though that's the case the progressives have been ratcheting up the mm -hmm. the extremity of their agenda in the last five to ten years where they now have an activist judiciary that's saying yeah we get all that mm -hmm. however we can redefine what's good and just and we can suspend your rights if we think that it's in the best interest of this person, this ideology. Mm -hmm. And so this, this is kind of the, the landscape play. we've been given and we, mm -hmm. that's the play. That's the play. Now, one of the reasons why we would argue that parents need to be intimately involved in the lives of their children and why it is that parents have been given authority and stewardship over their children. It's very simple. Kids don't know what they're doing. The kids, kids are woefully ignorant of many things. And they cannot be trusted to make life-altering decisions. That is under parental jurisdiction until the parents become adults, leave home, and create their own new families. Right? That's until the children become why. adults. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You said parents because my my eleven, nine, and seven-year-old mm -hmm. cannot. They are not in a position to make life-altering decisions. And the mm -hmm. truth is, it's outside of their jurisdiction. So, case mm -hmm. in point, we have this harrowing article from the counter signal quote a study was conducted by trans youth can a canadian organization attempting to improve gender affirming care for youth who are seeking a gender swap a 2020 study by the group revealed that five of ten clinics they looked into did not require any psychological assessment at all before doling out puberty blockers or hormone their hormone therapy to trans youth while another one of the 10 clinics only sometimes required a psychological assessment, which means 40% only said we require a psychological assessment before we give puberty blockers and destroy your children. Shockingly, 
the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, considered a leading authority in trans issues, discourages health professionals trying to talk individuals out of getting surgery, claiming that psychotherapy is unnecessary before agreeing to surgically remove vital body parts. Sorry, surgically removing vital body parts. Instead, before proceeding with irreversible surgery, a qualified health professional with the ability to identify gender incongruence may assess patients. Notice that language, gender incongruence. Now, moreover, still from the article, a number of medical professionals also claim that any guidelines which require a mental health evaluation are unnecessary barriers for so-called trans youth. For example, Dr. Alex Kurolian, a clinical psychiatrist and director at the Massachusetts General Hospital Psychiatry Gender Identity Program, told the New York Times, I'm really not a believer in requiring that for people, he said, adding, being trans isn't a mental health problem, to which we reply <laughs> unequivocally, Yes. It is the it is definitionally <laughs> a mental health problem because whenever a person believes something to be true that does not comport with reality, that is a mental health problem. It could be schizophrenia, it could be paranoia, it could be some other form of it could Delusion. be even um uh, uh, trans ableist people who believe well you know even though I have two legs I really think I'm someone. My spirit is someone with one leg or there are stories of people mm. I, I can see, but my spirit tells me I should be a blind person because I feel more difficult in the dark. I feel more comfortable in the dark. I'm not making this up. These are real stories and, mm. and do some research into people yeah, who delusion. believe that who they are is not what their body believes it to be. Mm -hmm. So anyone who these are, we all categorize these as mental illnesses. So someone whose belief, namely that they are a man when they are in fact a woman does not comport with reality. That is the definition of a mental illness. So the mm. fact that you have six out of 10 clinics saying, listen, a teen comes in, they say, I'm really a boy. If they're a girl, mm. let's give them the drugs. Well, that you need to be involved in the life of your children. <laughs> yeah. You need to exercise authority and jurisdiction over their decisions. And you need to get them out of the government schools. Have I mm. said that this episode yeah. so far? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it, well, just notice, sure. notice the circular reasoning. Being a trans person isn't a mental health problem despite what, you know, obviously the DSM, which isn't, a, you know, I mean, that's not a reliable source of, uh, of understanding issues. Just imagine uh, if someone said, I believe there's a horn growing out of my forehead. Yeah. No, you're not. No, I really believe it. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Unicornism isn't a mental health issue. Therefore, mm -hmm. you, know, what, you are not like, a trans unicorn. Yeah, but 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 the, the, the circular reasoning is this. It's not a mental health issue. It's, we're just that's our basic presupposition therefore we're not going to require any testing for it we're just going to take mm. the word of apparently children who we don't trust to vote to drive to drink to smoke to do any of these things um the babylon get, a, get a tattoo they can't get a tattoo but they can cut off their genitals yes that is bananas that's yeah. bananas yeah, and and that 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 is our current uh, situation in Canada. And the fact of the matter is, it, this is what the left wing is pushing for. They are pushing for this 
to be the new norm. But this is the this is the implication. This is the end road of this ideology, and it always has been. And there's been many people who have been saying, this is the end of the road if we go down this road for a long time through the myriad of the LGBTQ issues. And now we're finally getting here where they are making, they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're making the radical claim that parental rights do not matter and that every children is essential essentially a ward of the state that is what these communists yeah. are saying and that the is NDP why and you NDP, have to get your kids out of government schools the ndp are not done making insane claims yet and we're going to look at another one mm -hmm. but first if you're using mailchimp hubspot or salesforce for email marketing crm and sales you probably know they've been canceling voices of freedom and truth that's why Liberty Coalition Canada has switched to Sales Nexus. Sales Nexus is a complete business marketing and sales solution that won't tell you what you should say or believe. Try it yourself at salesnexus.com and get two users for the price of one with the promo code LIBERTY. At salesnexus.com, promo code LIBERTY. Well, brother... Um the NDP, as you've said, um, they are not done their insane push uh, to further ostracize parents in Canada. Um, and they do this really, Andrew, by framing Canadian Paris parents as bumbling cavemen with antiquated, foolish beliefs that they have to. It's their responsibility as the enlightened adults to disabuse these children uh, of. Right. So <laughs> and they really believe in this Pollyannish kind of Disney doctrine that children are always right to follow their their hearts right that's 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 what we see from these communist fools anyways they also want to imprison apparently anyone who would dare speak out speak blasphemies i guess i think that's a fair way to frame it against their climate cult that they adhere to you see we know that obviously it is a sin to take the name's lord in vain and, and to claim that something is from God that is, in fact, from Satan. That's biblically the idea of blasphemy. Um, in the climate cult, however, if you dare say anything positive against one of the seven deadly climate sins, such as using fossil fuels, apparently you should be punished with the full weight of the state. See, I guess they get they get the the proper role of the state. They just want to use it for their end. Anyways, this is from the National Post. This is we can't make this stuff the reality stranger than fiction. An NDP bill is seeking to criminalize the promotion of fossil fuels and prescribe jail time even for Canadians who say scientifically true things such as how burning natural gas is cleaner than burning coal c bill c 372 also known as the fossil fuel advertising act was tabled monday as a private member's bill by charlie angus the mp for timmins james bay and a longtime member of the ndp caucus 
Quote, today I'm proud to rise and introduce a bill that would make illegal false advertising by the oil and gas industry. It wouldn't just pertain to the oil and gas industry. There's another lie by Angus. Anyways, Angus announced in the House of Commons, he added that the oil and gas sector was trafficking in disinformation. Oh, there you go. Man, right on the WEF's queue. And killing people. Look at that language. Angus also twice framed this bill as the dawn of the industry's big tobacco moment. And apparent reference or an apparent reference to Canada's blanket federal ban on tobacco advertising. So there you go. <laughs> it blasphemy well, uh, laws for climate. Let's let's look at the bill, shall we? Let's actually Absolutely. look at the bill. Let's so dig into it. Bill C Bill C three seventy two, an act representing fossil fuel advertising. It reads as follows. So we're not going to read the whole bill, but I've just pulled out some some key bits that we need to we need to see, we need to hear. Whereas climate change represents an unprecedented and existential threat to people in Canada and around the world. Ooh. Whereas the protection of the environment is a valid use of the federal criminal law power. Protection of the environment, not people, the environment is a valid use of the federal criminal law power. That's scary. Whereas air pollution caused by fossil fuels leads to millions of premature deaths globally, including tens of thousands of premature deaths in Canada alone, and is a major cause of cancer, respiratory illness, adverse pregnancy outcomes, children's diseases, and cardiovascular symptoms. Is he talking about climate change or is he talking about the COVID jabs here? Because if this is an act to suspend the COVID jabs, I'm all for it. Because that seems like it seems like a little bit of the deflection. Anyways, the purpose of this act is to provide a legislative response to a national public health and environmental problem of substantial and pressing concern. And in particular, to protect the health of Canadians in light of conclusive evidence implicating the burning of fossil fuels in numerous adverse health effects, including fatalities to prevent the public from being deceived or misled with respect to the environmental and health hazards of using fossil fuels. So there's the setup. Climate change is the greatest threat ever to humanity. It's killing people and it's killing the environment. So we need the full fuse, the full force of federal criminal law to be brought against it. We don't want people to be misled and uh, it's really destroying us. Here it is. It is prohibited. This is what they want. It is prohibited for a person to promote a fossil fuel or the production of a fossil fuel in a manner that is false, misleading, or deceptive with respect to or that is likely to create an erroneous impression about the characteristics, health, or environmental effects, or health or environmental hazards of the fossil fuel, its production, or the emissions that result from its production or use. It is prohibited for a person to promote a fossil fuel or the production of a fossil fuel, A, in a manner that states or suggests that the fossil fuel, its production, or its emissions are less harmful than other fossil fuels, their production, or their emissions, B, in a manner that states or suggests that a fossil fuel 
or the practices of a producer of the fossil fuel industry would lead to positive outcomes in relation to the environment, the health of Canadians, reconciliation with indigenous peoples. I don't even know why they threw that in. Because they, they have to. Because they have to. Right. Or the Canadian or or the global economy. So if something we do doesn't affect Canada at all, but affects the global economy, then we should you should be you should be punished here in Canada. Yeah, and and that's weird. The the crazy part is the punishment if you promote fossil fuels in Canada, if this bill were to go pass on its first reading, we'll link to the bill so you can check it out yourself. It would put a fine on people of five hundred thousand to one million five hundred thousand dollars and have a prison term attached of between one to two years. Or both. Or both. Either the fine or prison or both. That's bananas. Like, I mean, it's totally absurd. If it's a retailer, that's a maximum fine of $50,000. If a media person, get this, so it's not just just big oil, right? It's it's not just big big oil. If a media person promotes false information, according to them, right, that that apparently says that fossil fuels are good at all, um, they can have a maximum fine of $50,000 and up to six months in prison. That would be our penalty, as you've said. That, mm. that is the climate that the NDP are putting forward. These people are insane. They're radical. They're communists. And they're getting active in politics. And they are, in many ways, forcing, shoving their worldview down on Canadians. A worldview that is punitive. It's Orwellian. It's dangerous. And it will lead to death and destruction. What are we going to do about, about this? It? Is they're, they're, they're actually so this if there's one one bit of some silver lining here, mm-hmm. it's they're pulling off the veneer yes. of secular neutrality. Mm-hmm. This is what's important because yeah. the NDPs they are one hundred percent for a theocracy. They are one hundred percent for religious nationalism. And they are also yeah. <laughs> 100% for a heavy punishment for the breaking of the law of their God. See, what they say about us is, you Christo-fascists, you keep your religion out of it. We don't want a theocracy mm-hmm. because your wicked God has very extreme punishments for those who break the law. And we retort, I think we should rightfully retort back and say, actually, your false God mm-hmm. has very severe punishments for those who break your law I just, and what, you're all about the religious imposition of your worldview mm-hmm. the difference is we we honor the true and living god mm-hmm. and they 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 honor satan a, but their 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 operations the same i just want to i think one correction on on the framework they don't believe in nationalism they believe in globalism so i mean they want to see canada under the rule of a international communist <laughs> their religious nationalism as a feeder into globalism. Yes, yeah. I mean that's right? that's it's one what they to the other. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's that's why they hate sovereign nation states yeah. who wouldn't be under the one world communist control exactly. of these 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 insane ideologues. But the point because that sovereign I th- nation states with an independent identity. Yes. That's probably grounded in some sort of Western values. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They hate that idea. And that's what they're trying to destroy. And the fact of the matter is we have to understand that the NDP, though they're probably never going to win, they're never going to have a majority in Canadian politics. Right now they They have a governing, right, right now they have a governing coalition that, that literally is the power coalition in in federal politics but they share the exact same world and life view of the liberals and and the greens and they're and they're and they are and like i said at the lead-in what they're saying out loud yes. is what the liberals agree with but they're not saying it out loud yet and they're doing it behind closed doors know, the liberals yeah. know that there are some in their base that are not there yet so mm-hmm. they need to slowly pull it over and once they feel, once they wet finger in the air, feel that, you know mm-hmm. what, our base would actually buy into this, then the liberals will come out with it. But mm-hmm. in many ways, the liberals almost use the NDP as the as the desensitizing litmus test. Yes, oh, 100%. That's how that works. The liberals use the NDP. Okay, you say the crazy stuff. We'll see how it lands. Mm-hmm. We'll see how the base responds. Yeah. And you also do the work of desensitizing. Mm-hmm. And then once we feel that we can now be public we'll just about implement this, it. then we'll say it. Yeah, so yeah. That's, so 100%. That's exactly how now, Canadian policy works. Yeah. Keep keep your – this is where they want to move. Yeah, not the, the NDP. The, this is where the liberals want to move and the Bloc mm-hmm. and the Green Party. Yeah. And listen, you're not going to like this. You may not like this. <laughs> but say it anyways. It's also where – if they were to be totally honest with themselves, the conservatives also want to go. Well, but but so it maybe because less deliberate. Before, I I and maybe less less of, deliberate on the conservative because because yeah. like they're there socially. There are many. There are many. There are many in the conservative party. Well, that have no problem with this in terms of their own moral disposition. But, but Andrew. Are more bound by a religious base, but they Andrew, have to be way more veiled about it. Th- that's that's what I want to say. So this is how the Overton window gets moved in Canada, all the way to the farthest left extremes. Is the NDP and the Greens and the Blocks, all these marginal um, parties that are all progressive, all left wing? They just shove the Overton window, yeah, and then they the, open. And then the liberals who agree because they have the same world and life view, they progressively work towards those those ends incrementally. And the conservatives keep coming, you know, they're they're, you know, to the right of all these parties, but they're not that far. They move as the Overton window shifts, as the the, 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 that's that becomes the, the Overton window. The Overton window's on wheels. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's a big window on wheels. Yes. And the NDPs, the block, and the Green Party mm-hmm. are pulling it. They're they're pulling the window on a string yeah. right here, come this way. And the liberals are are helping push it. They're like, Yeah, we agree with this. They're pushing it. And then the conservatives are either behind the window, quietly moving it, or they're ten feet back with a big pole 
pushing it. So they're aiding in the pushing, mm-hmm. but they're out of the main picture. When you look at the window, you can't see them. You see the NDPs pulling it. You see the liberals pushing it. And the conservatives are either pushing it with a big stick from a distance or they're hiding behind the window so no one sees. Well, but they're all engaged in the same play, mm-hmm. which is taking Canada and thrusting it into neo-paganism and godless cultural mm-hmm. ideologies. They're yes. all on the, on the same game. Well, exactly. It's it's almost as if the conservatives are just holding onto it with arms outstretched <laughs> and and they're being pulled along with it. But they're always this far away from the new well, Overton. And, and, and it's window. not just that they're pulled along with it. It's 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 that they are for it. <laughs> well, you ask, you ask, you ask, you ask the people like if the people in the conservative party were able to be honest mm-hmm. and fully honest about their thoughts. Like, I again, I don't know anyone's heart. Mm-hmm. But I, I doubt, I, I strongly doubt that Pierre Polyev is a man of steel spine principle. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. To the yeah. trans madness, he would. I, I'm he sure he has be. no problem with it, but he, he understands what he needs to he, do. To right, win. like in 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 Canadian politics, because the because the progressives are setting the agenda and the conservatives are just coming. You can't be principled in that system because they're, they're, they're crazy Marxist relativists. Like you can't be principled or you're going to be labeled as an antiquated dinosaur. Right. Um, And most, most of these people don't have in the conservative party are a fearful, uh, fearful of media attacks, fearful of of crazy radical constituents. Um, so they do a lot of things out of fear. But then they they there's this air of Canadians, and I think this comes with our identity that we want to seem um, respectful, that we want to be moderate. You know, we're not radical, and and that's what I'm saying. That they think, but because the Overton window has been pushed so far, even they think it's moderate to be socially liberal yeah. and progressive they think that's the moderate position because yeah, which it is now they've been because 50 years ago yeah the 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 the, <clears throat> the average liberal party mp position 50 years ago would look at the average conservative party position on social issues yeah and say you're extreme totally totally like you mean murder babies mm-hmm. up until the moment of birth yeah whoa that's too far and so it's this is how canadian politics gets ratcheted to the left all the time and it's going to take it's going to take an ndp of the right to pull the the conservatives back to towards actual conservative principles or it's going to take canada plunging into political and cultural chaos probably say a rodeo (laughs) Um, which will hopefully reset the system. Yeah, somewhat. it's probably more if, likely that that will happen if we if yeah. we have the stomach for it. So <laughs> let's let's move on. If you feel that big government and banks are too involved in your finances, Bitcoin's the solution for you. Bitcoin is the antithesis of central bank digital currencies or CBDCs. It's decentralized digital cash that puts you in full control of your money. With Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about government interference or banks censoring you in any way. As a freedom advocate. You know the importance of individual liberty and responsibility. Bitcoin is the ultimate expression of those values, enabling you to take control of your financial destiny and make transactions that align with your beliefs. So, whether you're an experienced Bitcoiner or just getting started, Bull Bitcoin is the perfect place to buy and sell Bitcoin. Don't wait any longer to take control of your money. 
Sign up today using our link, mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. And don't hesitate to contact our their human support for any assistance from the get-go. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. So Matt and I, uh, a while ago, got to interview Mark mm-hmm. George. Yeah, He is the owner of Thousand Generations Print Company. And I actually had the privilege of meeting Mark at the Call to Build conference this past weekend in February. It was great to connect with him. He is a dear like-minded brother. Hmm. He is doing amazing work. The sort of stuff he's doing is actually very unique in Canada. And as we play this interview for you that we did with Mark, and we're going to give comment at the end, I just want you to pay attention to not only his heart, but the work that he's doing and the kind of organization that he has created and how you need to, not should, you need to avail yourself of what he has started to bless your family and to bless him. And because what he's doing is exactly the kind of antidote to the Mm -hmm. utter insanity that we've been talking about in the show so far and how we can build our family. So it's our pleasure to play that interview for you now. One of the things we talk about often on our show is the importance of Christians thinking entrepreneurially, starting Mm -hmm. businesses, taking risks, using the gifts, the talents, the resources that the Lord has given us to multiply them, to build good and beautiful things, to engage in the culture, to engage in the world. And so whenever we have believers who are doing that and not just doing it and providing a crap product or service, because we don't want to celebrate mediocrity and we don't want to celebrate laziness, Amen. but who are doing it and who are doing it excellently to the glory of the Lord. We want to highlight it and we want to point people toward it. So we are happy to have with us on the dispatch, Mark George, the owner of Thousand Generations Print Company. And he's going to tell us a little bit about it, a little bit about his story. And we wanted to share it with you as a bit of encouragement, as an example, and hopefully to help light a fire underneath some of you who are thinking in a similar way as he's been thinking. So, Mark, thanks for joining us on The Dispatch today. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to meet you, bro. So tell us a little bit about the thought process and the journey behind the starting of a business, particularly the one that you started, creating of a company, risk, venture, kind of help us understand the process leading up to that, what was going on in your heart? What were you thinking? What was the Lord doing kind of getting you ready for the decision to start this new thing and essentially create a business from nothing? That's uh, yeah. Great question. And thanks for having me on. Um, excited to chat about the business. Um, I think a lot of this goes back to, to COVID. And I, I think that seems to be a common strain among uh uh, people like myself, not really realizing a lot of the ills in our society and whatnot until COVID came along. And you just, you know, we started questioning a lot of things. And I had never heard the term parallel Christian economy uh, in any way, and started hearing you guys chat about it and just realizing, you know what, I almost got canned from my job because I refused to take the vaccine. Um, you know, uh, not only do I not have the solidity, uh, at my job, I want to become more anti-fragile so I can take care of my family and honor the Lord. Um, but also realizing 
we've seeded uh, as Christians, we've allowed, and as the church, we've allowed so much of this pagan society just to, to usurp and to, to control the levers really across all industries. And we need more uh, excellent Christian businesses. Um, and you guys were hammering that nail, hammering that nail. And I think it eventually uh, permeated uh, into my mind and my wife and I prayed for uh, you know a number of months, just uh, seeking the Lord as to what kind of business. And I I've always loved books. I'm a, I'm a bibliophile, and I have more books than I can pro- probably ever read uh, on my shelf. But uh, uh, just love books. And I I've worked in sales. I've also worked uh, on staff at a church in Christian ministry. So this seemed to me to be a perfect amalgam of both of those things. Um, and just looking at the landscape of, you know, most Christian books these days are either purchased through Amazon, I'd say that's the lion's share of it, or through uh, Christian bookstores that really are an inch, an inch deep and a mile wide. They're, there's very, they're very lacking in discernment. So I was thinking, I need to start something here that's, like you said, Andrew, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be an excellent product, excellent service. You email me. You you uh, you're going to get a real person. You're going to get me. Um, if you uh, if you want real sound theological books that you don't have to wade through, like you go to uh, christianbook.com, you can get 20 different books on enneagram in your Christian walk. Like that's that's hot garbage. You know we we don't we don't need that. We don't the Christian world needs to excise that. We don't need yeah. that. We need good sound theology, and so that's what I'm trying to bring from a reformed perspective. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, you know, the brief background of how and when and why I started the thousand generations print company. Well, praise God, man. Cause I, you know, I, I listen, I, I'm quite a frequent listener to the dividing line by James White. And he's mm. often saying there's no more dangerous place for a Christian than a Christian book aisle in, in most major, yeah. uh, uh, bookstores. And, and that's the case, even like you say on ostensibly Christian book websites and everything, it's filled with bad teaching like literal heresy um mm. and and some really demonic things like in enneagram like you like you're talking about um and we need book companies who are going to be exercising discernment like you're talking about and mm-hmm. that leads me into my question <laughs> the name the website yeah. name actually christianbooks.com obviously is in response to the state, uh, the sad state of uh, Christian bookstores. But maybe just, just I like to know what goes on beside the scene, behind the yeah. scenes. How did that come come up, and uh, how are you so bold to to, to grab that name? Uh, great, great question. And uh, so, um, two two things. Uh, number one, I have to give a big shout out to Jeremy Bundy. Um, Jeremy Bundy, Boniface Business Solutions. Um, uh, couldn't have done this without him. Great guy. Has become a great friend. Uh, so insightful as far as the marketing side of things, and has helped me a lot. So, uh, really, uh, I, I give him a huge amount of credit here. Um, the name Thousand Generations uh, came around from. Uh, uh, just as we were praying through this Deuteronomy 7, 9, it's mentioned other places in scripture, but um, for those who love me and uh, obey my commandments, uh, I will be faithful to you who uh, keep covenant with me for a thousand generations. So that's where that came from. But the name actually Christian books. Yeah. Just from that desire for fidelity, the desire for biblical, uh, just, just wanting to, 
disrupt the market a little bit. It would be easy to do thousand generations printcompany.com and uh, uh, you know, but we just thought, you know what? Let's 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 go bold. Let's 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 get out there and let's shake it up a little bit. Let's go with actuallychristianbooks.com. So well, it got my attention. I, I appreciate oh, that's it. Great. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome job. Obviously, we had Jeremy on the show before. He's a good friend, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you know his mindset as it pertains to all things entrepreneurship and the Christian mm-hmm. Christian life. So love it. So. Tell us, tell our audience what it is that makes Thousand Generations Print Company unique, let's say, in Canada. So Mm -hmm. most people who are buying their books, like you said, if they're buying it from Amazon, they have their massive warehouse. And even Mm -hmm. then, the the Canadian warehouse is much more limited stock than the American warehouse. Mm -hmm. Christian Book also ships from the United States. So mm-hmm. in Canada, other than Books for Christ, which may have been renamed, which again they're they're very limited stock. Mm-hmm. What is it that that you would say is unique about Thousand Generations Print Company that's also Canadian mm-hmm. that should draw people's attention and say, "Oh, being here, whether it's the whether it's what's in stock or whether it's the nature of the the company." This is something I want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. This is what makes it unique in the Canadian landscape in in terms of, you know, Christian books and Christian bookstores. Yeah. So let me let me back into that uh, question in a way. So I, I have a I have a heart for the church in Canada. I want to see. Uh, the church in Canada. Um, I, I think often we get kind of wrapped into uh, this kind of liberal uh, milieu. This uh, uh, Canada is just like oh, almost a foregone conclusion uh, that you know that the church is in bad shape up here. And I and definitely there's some reformation that needs to happen. But that that's part of what we're about at Thousand Generations Print Company. We we want to uh, come alongside the church and resource them with these solid uh, solid books, um, uh, theologically vetted books that I've I've kind of gone through, and uh, you know th- they're they're good stuff. And uh, they, I want to get these into Christians' hands. But part of it is helping people realize that there's a problem. And so we spoke about, you know, uh, some of the discernment issues and some of the theology issues at the Christian bookstores. But uh, what makes us different? To be honest, if you go to a lot of these bookstores, you're not going to get uh, books uh, from uh, Canon Press. Um, you might be able to get some of them on Amazon. Some of them you won't be able to get on Amazon. Um, some of them are uh, independent authors uh, that I'm working with. Uh, really awesome guy over at Hill City Baptist, uh, John Carter, just came out with a new uh, a new book on finances, forward by Jonathan Wellam over at Rocklink, and I'm carrying that and working with him. And uh, so trying to get uh, bring not only uh, books that you might not be able to get. Uh, if you go to Christian bookstores, but um, even on Amazon, some of these books you can't get. Um, but also trying to uh, bring you uh, that Christian option. But also, if you go order from Canon Press, you're going to have to bring in, uh, you know, pay for duties, uh, pay for the um, exchange rate, which is around 37, 40% right now. So uh, trying to bring these, house these in Canada so that uh, Christians in Canada have an option in Canada supporting a godly Christian company, uh, getting solid resources, quick shipping. If you place an order with me, 
I'm shipping it the next day. Uh, so often you get the runaround from these companies. You keep checking the email, like, has it even shipped yet? Have they printed a shipping label? So trying to do quick shipping, you can contact me directly. We can troubleshoot. I've had people reaching out to me. Hey, are you carrying these books? And I'm, I'm actively working now with uh, some other publishing companies that I haven't been stocking yet uh, down in the States to bring these books up. And, uh, you know, so I'm trying to trying to be a bit of a different option, not a not a not a big faceless corporation, uh, but uh, a godly Christian option that's going to uh, hopefully see revive, uh, you know, not not for me directly, but see the Holy Spirit use these books uh, to help people go out and build and to see revival happen in the church here in Canada. Well, Mark, I'm struck by the the, the historical reality that the Reformation we're all Reformed Christians here, uh, the Reformation was largely due in part to the resourcing of individuals through the amazing technology of the printing press. And we know that mm-hmm. Reformational Protestant material was widely disseminated. And in the dissemination of that material, not only was there a revival of education and learning and everything mm-hmm. like that, but the people, ordinary people, we're able to be one to the Protestant cause. So the, resourcing the people of God to be better equipped to know the truth is a vital aspect of what mm-hmm. we always call for on this program, which is reformation and um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, revitalization, revitalization of our culture. We we need that, and we need just faithful uh, Christian men like yourself, Mark, who are going to take a step out uh, on a limb, going to be the, the the people who are doing the hard work to pick up the stones um, mm-hmm. to, to ensure that Christians are being equipped with faithful resources. So um, maybe let our listeners know where they can find everything, how they can reach out to you personally, oh, and where you are on social media, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Give us all the information. So anybody who wants to check out thousand generations, uh, a, a printing company can get on board and, and help you in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I, uh, just leading into that, I will say, um, it's really a, what I'm doing, I look at as synonymous as parallel with, uh, what the guys are doing at, uh, King Alfred Academy and, uh, the, the new, new to soon to be launched Niagara, uh, classical Christian Academy, uh, the guys at Kawartha classical Christian, I have a heart for this. And, and so I'm going to be coming alongside them. Um, so thinking about resourcing the church broadly, but also thinking about raising the next generation of, of, uh, students and kids, getting them out as Andrew, you beat this drum every, probably every episode, get your kids out of the Christian schools, get them, uh, you know, either homeschool them, find some really solid, uh, Christian homeschooling a curriculum or get them into one of these classical Christian schools. Thousand Generations Print Company is going to come alongside uh, these schools. I've already uh, been able to work with uh, King Alfred Academy last month and I was able to uh, make a donation to them. A portion of purchases uh, made with Thousand Generations Print Company is going to go to resource these uh, institutions. So um, uh, you can find us actually christianbooks.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. 
thousand generations print company. If you, uh, if you go to our website, you, there's the links at the bottom, but thousand gen print co on Instagram and uh, thousand generations print company on uh, Facebook. So we'd love for you to follow us. If you go to our website, we are giving away a free ebook by Douglas Wilson called uh, Chestertonian Calvinism. It's a great read um, just for signing up for our email list. So if you go to our homepage, actuallychristianbooks.com, you can find some great resources and uh, pick up a free ebook from Douglas Wilson. Well, brother, so encouraged by what you're doing. And I'm encouraged that people are listening to the program, Andrew, and heeding, heeding your words of wisdom. And I, I was going to say, he, Mark says, okay, you keep banging this drum. But even in his own confession, it took you to keep banging that drum That's right. to, to wake him up. So mm -hmm. if anybody's like, why does Andrew keep saying the same thing over and over and over again at the end, is we know the noetic effects of the fall. We know the sinful hearts of man, and we we know how much. Hey, we need to be reminded of it's, the gospel. It's the same reason why day, when you right? read when you read First John, yeah, um, it's basically reading the same thing twenty times over. Yeah, right. John keeps saying the same thing. I'm trying to encourage you to let you know that you're in the Lord. <laughs> Yeah. If you love mm -hmm. one another and love the Lord and it manifests itself, oh, by the way, love one another. Oh, by the <laughs> <Yeah>. way, if <laughs> you hate one another, you don't love the Lord. If you yeah. like so why does why is first John written the way that it is? Because it we sometimes got thick skulls. Well, not just the thick skulls, but I, I found in you know, Mark, you brought this up, the 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 decades and decades of calcified, apathetic Mm -hmm. flaky evangelifishism has made us think that being a Christian and engaging looks a certain way. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a slow chipping away at that. You have to chip away at this hardened shell mm -hmm. that has prevented us from actually seeing what it is that the Lord requires of us biblically. And so sometimes it's not just a one shot deal. Sometimes it's a slow, mm -hmm. it's a slow drip. It's a, it's a, it's a Christian version of a good Chinese water torture. It's a slow drip. <laughs> and eventually, eventually the person uh, breaks. But this time when they break, they break into good orthodoxy yeah. as opposed to giving up Amen. all of their friends. Leave it and to CIA Andrew secrets. To, to bring Chinese water torture into this conversation. Amen. Hey, yeah. it, it was it was oppressed on my heart. So okay. Mark, yeah. I'm really thankful for the work that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm 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 happy to not only support it, but promote it because it's an example of not only what Christians need to be doing, but also a, a very real place that we need to tell Christians, no, go here, go support mm -hmm. this, go avail yourself of these good resources. So it's great to have you on the dispatch today, brother. Yeah, brother. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. God bless. Well, it was great to, great to talk to Mark. What a, what a wonderful brother. I'm jealous that you got to hang out with him. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm stoked at what he's doing uh, with, with his company and please go over to his website, avail yourself of those resources. Um, actually because, Christian books, actually Christian books. Great. No, no Odin. Yeah. <laughs> no choice fire. Yeah. I love actually it. I love it. Um, yeah, it, this is the antidote, guys. The, these are the things that we talk about over and over again in our program. It's it's investing in your family. If they want to destroy your family, you have to make it that much stronger, right? It is your duty before for God to provide and protect 
for your 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 children, um, and God's given you the right to raise them uh, according to your conscience in alignment with His Word for the shepherding and stewarding of those eternal souls. And that's what you need to see your children as eternal souls that have been given to you by a sovereign God. And you need to act accordingly when evil people come to take those kids away from you, to destroy those kids and to, um, you know, indoctrinate them into this Marxist new cult religion, we need to stand firm and, and stand up against that. And, and that's why so much of what we call for on this program is just that investing in families. Mm-hmm. So Matt, am I allowed to quickly shamelessly plug my own Substack and yes, promote it? Can I do that? Absolutely. Okay. That's so for anyone who's interested. <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe I um, should, I should, I should implement a f- fine uh, like the NDP want to do every time you I'll pay, promote I'll, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay a small fee. So, um, and only because I think it's pertinent to our discussion today. So I'll, I'll just throw quickly and maybe we'll put the link in the description, but, um, I, I write once a week for my Substack. It's called the maple theonomist.substack.com. So obviously the maple, it's very Canadian and I have a certain position on the law of God and its application. So coming out of the Call to Build conference, I felt so inspired to write a little series. It's a four-part series called Build and Fight. And the first one that is just released actually today is called A Spiritual Home. And the long and the short of it is this. There's a section in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus says that being his disciple is like a man who's building a house or a king who's going out to war. And these two illustrations that he gives, a building and, 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 and war, building and fighting. I don't think that Jesus just came up with those on the top of his head. I think that our Lord is offering for us a, an accurate picture of the Christian life, which is building and fighting. So in the post that just gets released tonight, when I talk about a spiritual home, I talk about the what are we supposed to be building? What is it that we're supposed to be building as Christians? And then in the subsequent weeks, I'll say, okay, what are the instructions? What are the tools that we've been given to build? And then I'll look at what is it that we are fighting? What kind of war are we engaged in? And then what are the weapons and the training for this war? So that's the next month of Substack Post. But what I want to leave with you is the exhortation that we have been called to build strong families, strong churches, strong communities. We've been called to build our own home, our family is a spiritual house. We so that we might say, like Joshua, like I say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We have that printed in our kitchen. Our kids see it; they've memorized it, and we pray that the Lord would continue to make us as a family faithfully serve Him and love Him. So you build up your spiritual house. You build your church, which. The Apostle Paul is clear as another house that God is building, a field that he's working on. So you work the field, you build the house that is your local church. And then when those things are set, as those are built strong, then you can think about how we engage outwardly with the gospel, with cultural engagement, with institutions. But you have to understand that you've been called to build strong homes spiritually, whether it's your family 
or whether it's your church, this is how we fight against this madness. This is how we fight against children being lost to the trans cult. This is how we fight against the state with their eyes on our children in government-funded Marxist indoctrination centers. You build your family. This is what Mark is doing by mm -hmm. offering this solid resource. Here's how you can build your home. Here's how you can build your church, right? If you have a classical Christian school, actually, you should especially reach out to Mark at um, Thousand Generations Print Company because if yeah. you're looking for good curriculum that mm -hmm. you want to have in the school, but the duties would be through the roof if you order them from the States, he could probably help you with that. Plug, yep. plug for what he's doing. So go and build. Mm -hmm. Go and build. Be faithful. Commit yourself to the Word of God. Mine from the scriptures, the tools, and the instructions that you've been given. Build. And by the way, when in, in the process of building, you have to make sure that your job is to hand that off to your kids. Yeah. So you can't just you can't just hand your kids the structure. Because the truth is what we're trying to build in Canada is probably going to take more than 20, 40 years anyways. Mm -hmm. So as you are in the throes of building a family and building a church and building in the culture, you need to not just point your kids to the structure and say, hey, someday you're going to get to live in this beautiful palace. You also need to give your kids both the instruction and the training and the tools. Mm -hmm. Give your kids the tools to build give them the instructions, teach them and show them and train them how to build so that even after you die, they will continue the work of building, which I think they almost certainly will have to continue after we die. Mm -hmm. So that by God's grace, someday in glory, we can rejoice with what he allowed us to be a part of. And all we, all we had to do was dig and lay a foundation. And then our kids got to build a, build a glorious house that hopefully we can see a strong Christian church and a Christian culture in Canada again someday. You have to build it. You have to build it now by clearing the ground mm -hmm. and laying the foundation. May God give you the strength to do that and to give your kids what's required to do that. That's the only way mm -hmm. we make it through this insanity yeah. with a strong church on the other side. Yeah, we can't do that in our own strength because we know unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain and it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit yourself to a yoke of slavery. Until next time. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.